Welcome to Rackhouse Ramblings. I'm Jeff, and thanks for listening. This is episode number four. When I say thanks for listening, I really, truly mean it, you guys. Um, you've been so supportive and so grateful. I can't tell you how uh, how good that makes me feel. I'm spending a lot of time figuring out how to uh, get the podcast listed on Google Play and iTunes, and if you're patient, I promise it won't be long now. And when I go to Podbean, they host uh, my podcast upload, and one of the things they provide is statistics on uh, what's going on out there and how many people are downloading and listening, and I am absolutely blown away at the number of downloads so far, so really, really, I thank you guys so much, and I appreciate, um, I'm getting good constructive feedback. One of them was um, pictures and things like that on my podcast notes, so uh, starting with this episode number four, I put um, into the podcast, note, podcast notes um, some links. Uh, one of the links is, of course, the Bourbon Spotlight. So whatever uh, bourbon I'm spotlighting, you'll be able to uh, click right to their website. Another one is uh, whatever book I'm talking about. I'll put that up there so you can click and it'll take you right to Amazon. And um, if there's an interview or something like that, I'll throw a picture up there for you to see and any other interesting things that uh, I can uh, provide a link to. So I'm going to put those not only on the website, but also in the episode notes. And do me a favor, click on it. Tell me if it works. If it doesn't work, let me know. You guys can reach me at rackhouserambling at gmail.com or you can uh, uh, leave a comment on my Podbean site. A few of you have done that already. And then uh, if not, just shoot me a text. That's cool too. So before we get into episode four, I have a few announcements to make. First, congratulations to Matt and Jen on their new baby boy, Jacob. That is so cool. I'm really happy for those guys. Also, congrats to Gary and Kelsey on their engagement. Yippee! And last but not least, this one's the biggest one. I want to say um, happy anniversary to Anne, my wife of 30 years, and I love you so much. You've been so supportive, and I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Now let's talk about episode number four. Uh, so I have another edition of Cool Book to Read. This one's kind of, uh, this one's really cool. I sound saying cool too many times, but um, if you're a dog lover, I think you're going to like it. Stay tuned for that segment. And then in the bourbon spotlight this week, I'm featuring Barton 1792. I visited their distillery uh, last year in Bardstown, Kentucky, and when I left, I was uh, had like a better appreciation for their bourbon. And then in our other segment, is it real or is it made up? I'm Changing that segment just a little bit this week, but I think you're really going to like it. It was really funny, and uh, stick around for that one, too. I promise uh, you'll be surprised. Then this week's travel segment, kind of wrapping up uh, the backpacking trip coming up next week. And then also uh, this week on episode four, I don't have any interviews, but but if you listen to the end of the podcast, hint, 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 I have a really fun surprise. Really, I think it's uh, pretty cool. And because of the trip uh, we're going on next week, there won't be a podcast uploaded, but I promise you the following week, I'll probably have two for you. So if you guys are patient and come back in two weeks, uh, I'll square up with you and do two of them. We'll be even by then. So uh, that's the uh, lineup for this week. So stay tuned and uh, let's get into it. This is Rackhouse Ramblings.
Okay, let's get started with episode four. We're going to start off with the cool book to read segment. Um, I got a lot of good feedback on this so far doing these, the book to read that you guys like it. So I've got a really cool one this week. It's called Soldier Dogs by Maria Godavage. Godavage? Hopefully I said it right. The full title is called Soldier Dogs, The Untold Story of America's Canine Heroes. And just like the title says, it's a book about dogs used in the military. And uh, this book you can find on Amazon. I think you can find it at Barnes & Noble. I got it from Amazon. And uh, when you search on Amazon, you'll also see a series called Soldier Dogs, period. And I'm sure those books are interesting too, but I had to add into uh, the title, you had to add the uh, the untold story of America's canine heroes. So the full title, and you'll find this book there. And if you look in our uh, podcast notes, you'll see a link right to Amazon. I tried to put a picture of the book and a link, so it's real easy to check out if you wanted to buy it. So this book, it's full of true stories about soldier dogs. And you know me, I like all this true story stuff. Uh, most of them are from the Afghanistan war. And I bought this book when I heard the story of Cairo. And if you're not sure who Cairo is and you kind of think, who is that? That's the dog that was used by SEAL Team 6, the SEAL team that captured Osama bin Laden. So when I heard that, that's when I kind of got interested in the uh, the soldier dogs and war dogs thing. Uh, the news, when they talked about this dog, it was like this super dog with night vision goggles and body mounted cameras and titanium teeth. So I, I wanted to learn more about it when I bought this book. And after reading it, you find out these are all pretty likely true, even like the titanium teeth part. So the author talks about dogs being used uh, in the military for a long time since World War One. No kidding, like 1917. And the very first one, these soldiers adopted a stray pit bull. Yep, you heard it right, a pit bull. His name was Stubby, and they took him all through Europe. And another story I stumbled across um, in the book is real interesting, is that after the attack on Pearl Harbor in 1942, now this is World War II, the American Kennel Club and another group uh, called Dogs for Defense, they did this campaign and they were asking dog owners across the country to donate their pets to the war effort. So if you had a dog that was uh, listened real well, really trainable and everything, you could donate him to the military for the war effort. War effort. And um, these were just family dogs. And at the time, the military didn't have any uh any sort of dog program. The only dogs they had, they were using for dog sleds, believe it or not. That's strange but true. So when they, and when you gave your dog, they wouldn't just take any dog. You couldn't give them your poodle, you couldn't give them your shih tzu or whatever. These dogs had like height and weight requirements, even breed requirements. And so besides the book, I was doing some research on this. I go on the internet and put that in and start stumbling across things. And there's some really cool stuff out there. And I stumbled across an ad by uh, Purina Dog Chow. And it talks about this uh, recruiting program for your family dogs. And it shows a picture of a GI on the beach with his machine gun and he's you know, with his dog and all that. And it has like a coupon and things for uh, mailing in, tells a little story. And um, I found two websites that if you're interested and you want to look it up, I put them in my uh, podcast notes. First one is AmericanHistory.si.edu and the other one is ArmyHistory.org. And Check out those links if you're interested in this story at all. Another thing I stumbled across was uh, you can, when people wanted to donate their dogs, you had to write a letter to the military. And some of these letters are still on file that you can read. It's pretty cool. So if you dig a little deeper, you can find some of these letters. And I found a good one 
Um, not that somebody wrote in, but the military wrote back telling, giving feedback to the pet owner about their dog. And this particular letter is about a Doberman pincher named Rex. And uh, the letter explains to the owner back in the States how Rex was used during a fight in the Solomon Islands in the Pacific, how he warned his troops and all that sort of thing. And if you want to read the full letter, um, I put it uh, on my website and I put uh, the letter also in our uh, podcast notes. But it's the original letter from December of 1943. And it was written from, let's see here, uh, Lieutenant General Holcomb, and he was the commandant of the U.S. Marine Corps, and he wrote a letter back to the dog owner, Rex Adorman-Tenture's owner is Mr. Albin, or Albin, and it's really neat. It's not very long, It's just, but it's a typed letter explaining how his dog saved all the Marines he was assigned to. So, sorry, I was deviating off of the book a little bit, so let's get back to that. But Soldier Dogs, um, it's an easy read, it explains like how the dogs end up in the military, and I didn't realize this, but the military purchases those dogs. They don't raise most of them. They purchase them uh, once or twice a year. They do these big uh, tryouts where people bring their dogs in, and they get some big big bucks for these dogs. And then um, they talk about, like, medical stuff. These dogs are treated like uh, pretty much like athletes. You know, they have trainers and all those in rehab and all these sorts of things. Um, talks about dog handlers and how tough it is to become a dog handler. And even like end of, end of duty stuff, you know, like having PTSD at the end. They try and rehabilitate them and things like that. So I won't spill too much more, but give it a read. It's called Dog Soldier. Oh, scratch that. Soldier Dog. Let me, let me uh, read my notes here. Dog Soldier, the untold story of America's canine heroes. There you go. Blah, blah. <laughs> Spit it out, Jeff. Dog Soldier, the untold story of America's canine heroes. I have a link in my podcast notes, a link on my Podbean website. Go to Amazon and check it out. I'd like to introduce a new sponsor to Rackhouse Ramblings Podcast. It's DNP Painting. For your interior and exterior painting needs, call DNP Painting at 586-383-3578. These are quality guys. They do quality work and they use nothing but Sherwin-Williams paint. I know them personally. I trust them as fellow first responders. You can trust them too. Call DNP Painting at 586-383-3578. Call them now to reserve your spot. Their spring and summer schedule is filling fast. That's DNP Painting, 586 383 3578. I'm back with the next segment. Is it real or is it made up for episode number four? This is a good one. So I did a little bit different and everyone can thank uh, my buddy Scott for this one. This was, He mentioned it to me and I said, I'm going to do it. Uh, it's one I heard about and I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. Yep, I am going there to Bigfoot. Not the typical stuff, though. We're gonna. We've all seen that old film of Bigfoot walking through the woods and turning back, and it's all grainy, you know, in the Pacific Northwest and all that. Seen it on the TV shows, and then the research stuff, Bigfoot evidence, and all that sort of crap. But I'm going to talk about the good stuff. Bigfoot erotica. Is it real or is it made up? Now you heard it right. Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> You know, the first time I heard of this, it was on an interview uh, on another podcast I listened to called Meat Eater by Steve Rinella, and they interviewed a journalist that mentioned it as just a part of her interview. But 
it was kind of stuck in my head. It was like somebody planted a seed in my head. I got to check this out. So thanks to the World Wide Web and Amazon, I kind of was off and running down another rabbit hole. If you know me, I get into stuff really deep. So let's walk through this together. Do this. Grab your, your phone. Um, go to Amazon Shopping. And when you do the search, just type in Bigfoot space erotica, E-R-O-T-I-C-A. Send it. Boom. That's right. If you're following along, you thought I was kidding, didn't you? No shit. So your search explodes with titles and titles and titles. I mean, dozens of titles. People think this is a joke, but it's not a joke. So here's another thing. Go ahead and pick one. Just pick any one. And when you scroll through, you're thinking, holy crap, Jeff, which one do I pick? Well, do you pick ganged by Bigfoot? Do you pick moaned by Bigfoot? Do you pick seduced by Bigfoot? And one of my favorites, gay Bigfoot, a mouthful of Sasquatch. So holy crap, is this real or made up? Well, it's right there in front of you, so you don't, you can answer that yourself. So these titles are real, and you can find them on Amazon. Like I said, dozens and dozens and dozens. Who would have thought? And, you know, at, at Station 3, we sit around the table, and we always joke around. One of our sayings is, who's, re uh, well, I can't say that, but I can say, who's stupid now, right? The people that read this crap or us for not thinking of it first? You know, who's, who's more stupid? You know, so scroll down through the titles, pick one, and it's it's almost ridiculous, isn't it? But most of these uh, these uh, books have reviews, and there's like five star reviews. So you want to do something even funnier? You want to get a laugh, right? So pick one out that has a five star review. Then go to the reviews and read one of those five five star reviews. So think of this in your head. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it out loud. A Bigfoot erotica, uh, a five star. How do you give something like that a five star review? So I went and picked. I picked um, my favorite one. It says Gay Bigfoot, a mouthful of Sasquatch. It has like two five star reviews. And I clicked on the reviews and I read it. I'll read one out loud for you. It says Big Squatch Cock, nothing else really. What else is there to go off of? I'm a horny gay dude. Now, that was a five-star review that somebody wrote. And then here's another one. <laughs> They're kind of stupid, but I had I got sucked into it. I got to read it. Uh, a compelling story about big feet loving guy. I'm glad I found this book about big feet because I hate big hands. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. But it was these are two five-star reviews from that one uh, Bigfoot erotica book called Gay Bigfoot, A Mouthful of Sasquatch. Um, and you know what? The irony is it real or is it made up? Well, the Bigfoot thing, that's the same thing. Is it real or is it made up? So let's build on that and make erotica about it. But I can tell you for a fact, when you go to Amazon and search on this, all these books are real. The reviews I read you are real. <laughs> so there you have it. Everybody say thanks to Scott for uh, making me talk about this. But uh, do it yourself. Check out uh, check it out on the World Wide Web. I hope you uh, laugh when you read them. I did too. So. That's uh, Is It Real or Is It Made Up for this week's episode. We'll talk to you in a few. Rackhouse Ramblings has a new advertiser at Seaver Tree Service, 586-904-1367. For professional tree trimming, they're licensed and insured. Call Hans Sievert for an estimate. Sievert Tree Service, for all your trimming and pruning needs to complete tree removal and stump grinding, 586-904-1367, or check them out on Facebook at Sievert Tree Service. That's C-Vert, V-E-R-T, Tree Service. Mm -hmm. 
Barton 1792 bourbon is in the spotlight this week. It's not a well-known bourbon, uh, but in the bourbon world, it's popular. If you're uh, on the bourbon trail, Kentucky, and you've got to go on a distillery tour, this is one to stop at for sure. So Barton 1792 is in Bardstown, Kentucky. Now, Bardstown itself is a small town. It's south of Louisville, and it's uh, like the hub of bourbon culture. Uh, Ann and I were there last year and stayed in a great uh, bed and breakfast. We hung out in uh, Bardstown for the day. And uh, it's a lot like uh, any other little tourist town, except this one revolves around uh, bourbon and the bourbon lifestyle. And Barton 1792 is right there in in, uh, downtown. So the folks here are really cordial, really welcoming. The whole town is really cool. Most of you know I'm a bourbon nut, and I like um, everything there is to do about it. Not just the alcohol, but like the culture, the story, the history, all that. So I drag Anne to uh, every distillery to our can. I've been to Wild Turkey, I've been to Maker's Mark, Four Roses, Woodford Reserve, Adam Williams, a bunch more, but the uh, Barton 1792 Distillery Tour is my favorite. So we were shown every bit of the process on the tour, from like the loading dock where they uh, dump all the whole grains uh, from a dump truck and to the uh, all the way into the distillery, to the rack house, to the bottling line. And one of my favorite parts was um, to look at the bourbon stills, and each still so you know the 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 bourbon gets uh boiled and the the alcohol comes off and it kind of gets separated out and uh, they have like this fountain each still has a fountain and it almost looks like drinking water but it's called white dog so each still has this flowing fountain of white dog and whether you're at maker's mark or wellers or wild turkey whatever they all have this similar setup where you can see almost like a fountain uh flowing full of water but it's uh, white dog and they all have like a glass display case that you can see and really it's clear it's moonshine that's exactly what it is it's moonshine so on the Barton tour not only did we get to taste it like a lot of the others but you got to rinse your hands <laughs> no shit you rinse your hands in it like water and it was like cleaning them in pure alcohol and it sounds really weird but the other thing is like not only did it make your hands sterile but they were really silky smooth I guess I don't know why, I don't know how, but it was a neat, really neat experience, you know. And the biggest surprise of the whole tour is that it's free. No shit. It's like absolutely free to go out. They call it their traditional tour and all that. And it's not that's not common. Most of the distillery tours will charge you for their tours because even at the end of the tour, you get at least one, two, sometimes three different tastings of their of their product, of the bourbon. So, um the, the, I'm going to read you a bunch of the data. It's from their website. I really like their website too, of course. Uh, 1792distillery.com. That's 1792distillery.com. Um, and I'll put a link to that in my uh, podcast notes and on my uh, Podbean page too. So as soon as you click on the page, right away I'm blown away. What's really cool is their background picture is like the picture of the first floor of a rack house. And you kind of look down the hallway of a rack house. And what's really cool is I have the same one in my bourbon room. I guess... You know, we both have an eye for cool things. I thought that was really cool. But reading through their website and pulling down some interesting facts, the distillery uh, was established in 1879. And according to the website, it's the oldest fully operating distillery in Bardstown. So another interesting fact, and I didn't know this, but the 1792 was named that because that's the year uh, Kentucky joined uh, the United States. And uh, another thing I see here, the factory sits on 196 acres and has 29 barrel aging buildings. And that, that's a lot. That kind of blew me away because when you see these rack houses, they are six, eight, ten stories tall full of barrels. 
And they're huge. They're not small buildings by any means. And to have 29 of them just kind of, to me, it's kind of mind-blowing because I, I can see it in perspective after Ben uh, walking through a few of them. So their homepage also talks about uh, the distillery tours. And so I went on the free one. It's called the traditional tour. But they have two other tours. Uh, one's called the Bushel to Bottle Tour. And the other one is called the 1792 Estate Tour. So next time back, I'm going to definitely go on one of those. Those two aren't free, but I'm going to definitely go on one of those two. So... The website tells more. It says uh, 1792 is a small batch bourbon, sophisticated and complex. A distinctly different bourbon created with precise craftsmanship. I sound like a commercial, don't I? Made, made from our signature high rye recipe and the marriage of select barrels carefully chosen by our master distiller. Huh. 1792 bourbon has an expressive, elegant flavor profile. Wow. Uh, unmistakable spice mingles with sweet caramel and vanilla to create a bourbon that is incomparably brash and bold, yet smooth and balanced, elevating whiskey to exceptional new heights. 1792 bourbon is celebrated by connoisseurs worldwide. Dun, 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 dun. Sounds pretty fancy. Uh, they also have, th this is another cool thing, they have what's called limited edition expressions bourbon. And uh, kind of similar to way Old Forester had like their bottled in bond and they had their prohibition and a few other ones. This uh, Barton 1792 has seven different, they call them expressions. So I'll uh, read through. The, they're each a little bit different, have a little bit uh, different recipe, different taste, different maturation, things like that. So number one is called the sweet wheat. Number two is called aged 12 years. Number three is called high rye. Number four is a single barrel expression. Number five is called foolproof expression. And six is called bottled in bond. And seven is called a port finish. So on their website, they have a picture of each bottle and below it. You, know, you can click on the little learn more tab. And I read through all of them. And I thought they're really interesting to read if you're into bourbon and all like I am. But um, the bottled in bond, you know, the way bottled bond is supposed to be is uh, from the same year, uh, bottled, uh, barreled in the same year and bottled at 100 proof. And then the other one caught my attention was the port finish, the way that Angel's Envy is, huh? That got my attention. Theirs is aged two years in port barrels. Da -da -da, sounds familiar. I guess you guys think, you know, imitation, that's like the greatest compliment, right? So their website also goes on, had a really cool um, cocktail recipe page. And not just Manhattans or whiskey sours, but they had this couple of things with a new twist. One that caught my eye was called the Butter Pecan Old Fashioned. And I'm going to try this one. Uh, the main ingredient in Butter Pecan is, uh, in this Old Fashioned, is called a Butter Pecan Infused 1792 Bourbon. And I was thinking, what the hell is infused, pecan infused, or butter pecan infused bourbon? But I scroll down the recipe, and sure enough, they give you directions on how to infuse your bourbon with pecans. And I thought that sounded really, really cool. So I'm going to be trying that. And on another podcast, I'll report back and tell you how that one was. So then they had another page called Defining Moments. And it seems like all the bourbon distillery pages have a uh, like a timeline, tells you their history and all that. Now, this one was different because it doesn't tell you the 1792 history. It just tells history. So they talk about... Uh, uh, what was the funny one on here? Things like when a pocket square was invented and when a credit card was first used and when the moon landing was and it went on and on, but nothing about 
the the Barton Distillery, and I thought that was kind of humbling. I thought it was pretty cool that they don't uh, didn't talk about themselves on that. So, uh, I hope you like the the quick verbal tour at 1792bourbon.com. It's a cool website, lots of eye candy, lots of cool pictures. Check it out. So, uh, without further ado, we're gonna do a quick tasting. And what I have here is just a straight up 1792 small batch. Just open this bottle. And let's see here. Their small batch is uh, 93.7 proof. We'll give it a taste here. There we go. It does smell real caramely. Maybe that's just because it's planted in my head from reading it, but. Ooh, it is bold, but good. It really smooth finish, really smooth finish. Uh, if you have the chance, give it a try. That long pause you heard was me giving it a taste, but for sure, 1792 bourbon, give it a try. I liked it, the small batch, and uh, look for a link to the website in my uh, podcast notes. Check it out. That was our bourbon spotlight for episode four. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. This is Rackhouse Ramblings, episode number four, and this is the travel segment. So um, our backpacking trip is getting closer, one week and counting. So Ann and I, we've been backpacking around the neighborhood, and uh, her pack weighs in right now. But it, we weighed it at 20 pounds without uh, any food, any snacks, or uh, any water. Mine's at 22 pounds, same thing, no food, no snacks, no water. And... Um, uh, our, our other debate was whether to bring our little camp chairs because each weigh about three pounds. So we'll see. We're going to take them with us down there and it'll be like a game time decision because it's kind of a luxury item. But I do remember the last, uh, last summer hiking the Lake Superior shoreline. At the end of the day, being able to sit on a chair, kick back, to me it was well worth the extra three pounds. You know, Without a chair, you end up uh, looking for a log or something else to sit on, uh, on the ground or what have you. But there's something about that luxury item. Uh, being able to uh, sit there, take a load off, and then uh, kick off your boots. My oh, my other luxury item was a pair of Crocs. You got to have that to let your feet breathe. Taking off your hiking boots at the end of day, end of the day, is a huge relief. So, I mean, even if it's just to let your boots dry, that's a, def a must have for a luxury item. But I've been watching the weather. It looks like uh, 60s during the day, low 60s. Um, down 30s 40s at night so cross your fingers hopefully the weather stays warm like that it looks like there might be some rain in the forecast too but that's okay you don't have to uh that's still better than snow but also in a travel travel update bought my colorado hunting preference points those are uh, what make a non-resident eligible to buy a hunting license so when you buy these preference points, it's kind of like buying a license without hunting. And for an extra nine bucks, not only did I get the elk preference points, but I got uh, deer preference points too. So I the guide, uh, Jim Flynn, was telling me to get them both. So that way, if you happen to tag out early on an elk, you can um, go on your own and try and take a deer as well for no extra charge. So I, I figure we'll do that as well. So that's our travel updates for now. Uh, we'll stay tuned for more when we get back. Like I was saying earlier, no podcast next week, but the following week will probably be two of them. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, this is Rackhouse Ramblings in the final segment for episode four. So this episode, there's no interview, but like I told you earlier, I have a surprise for you guys. Um, my best friend, Russ, and I, you know, we do everything together. He's more like a brother to me. And well, you know, most of you know, <laughs> we've been learning to play guitar. I know, I know I can see you guys scrolling your eye, rolling your eyes already. I can picture it in my head. Um, but uh, especially, it's funny that we go through these phases. So first we had a drone phase, then we had a ukulele phase, and now we have a guitar phase. Well, and kind of building on that, we decided to write a song. So you guys are going to be the first to, to hear our song. I'm going to try and turn it into the theme song for Rackhouse Ramblings, because that's the name of the song. And uh, I know it's rough, but guess what? We wrote it, we played it, and uh, we recorded it, and we're going to share it with you because we hold it close to our heart. And without any further delays... Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. This is the debut of Rackhouse Ramblings. I hope you guys like it. See you later. Monday morning, the tones go off. Put on my turnouts, pedal to the Traffic blowing the home Siren screaming, my hands grip tight Holding the wheel, my knuckles are white Can't recall when I slept at night Morning comes and my back is sore It shows and I'm out the door Not just one day, but I've got four